Welcome to Capital Link. My name is Lambros Papa Economou. I am the senior correspondent for Lloyd's List and I will be your host today. Uh, today I will have an interview with Mr. Polis Hadjioano. He is the chairman and chief executive officer of Safe Balkers. Safe Balkers is a dry cargo shipping company that owns 39 vessels, including one new building. Safe Balkers is listed on the New York Stock Exchange and has a market capitalization of $320 million. Mr. Hadjioano, welcome to New York. Welcome to Capital Link. Thank you. I would like to begin uh, our conversation asking you to, to give us uh, your assessment of the current state of the market. Uh, Safe Balkers is uh, providing water transportation for major bulk commodities like iron ore, coal, or grain products. And I would like to hear what is uh, your outlook for these bulk commodities. Yes, uh, right now the market uh, this year has started improving from the previous lows of uh, two and a half year historic uh, lows of last 30 years. We had a very bad 2015-2016 when we had big correction of co commodity prices coupled with oversupply in the dry bulk sector which res resulted in very low freight rates. This year we have seen an increase of demand which uh, so far has exceeded our expectations at the start of the year, coupled with uh, the excess scrapping we had in 2016, uh, and uh, freight rates uh, have improved meaningfully with the prospect for the next year also to be good. When uh, we are to look at the growth of the fleet, and in particular the order book, uh, what is the current state right now? Uh, this uh, this point of time, we have the one of the lowest order books in uh, in uh, recent uh, history. Uh, from uh, at least for the last 15 years, is the lowest I remember. This gives us the expectation that uh, with with uh, uh, demand we expect for the next year or two, and the current uh, supply of uh, new vessels. Uh, that freight rates will increase. The order book is around 7% across the dry bulk sector, uh, divided over the next uh, three years. Uh, if we don't see a substantial increase of new ordering, we expect that good market will prevail. I would like to uh, ask you uh, about a couple of trends that are uh, taking place in our industry. Uh, one of them has to do with access to capital, the other has to do with regulations. Uh, let's start with uh, access to capital. Shipping is a capital-intensive industry. Uh, traditionally, it has been served by big European banks, and many of them uh, are exiting the market, either because of uh, bad loans, either because of the cost of complying with bank regulations. Uh, what is the industry doing to, to cope with this and what effect is having on safe bankers? First of all, uh, we see history repeating itself. Uh, banks exiting the sector when the, they should be entering. So we are at the end of a, one of the biggest crises in recent uh, history. Banks have lost a lot of money uh, and uh, very big names are uh, exiting uh, the sector. We started in 2012 the previous uh, low of the, of the post Lehman Brothers, 
when we had a couple of major German banks exiting the sector, we have now more British banks exiting the sector. Uh, finance becoming more scarce. Uh, indeed, the, the financing banks have been reduced. The financing banks available to Greek ship owners have been reduced from the European market uh, to around uh, 20, from the previous high of 42 banks in 2006. Uh, we believe that uh, it's uh, more difficult for the individual owner with, without the proper corporate structure to get access to capital. For the right owners and the right corporate structure, there is possibility to find uh, finance still at competitive levels, but of course it has to be for less uh, values, for less amounts, and very, very conservative financing, something like 50 to 60% of a new acquisition. Question is: Is this uh, is this going to be good for the for the industry overall or bad? Um, at, at this point, it's definitely good because uh, the lack of finance will uh, discourage owners from uh, placing speculative orders. Mm -hmm. So this is a positive sign sign of sign of it, and uh, I think that in the long run, uh, banks uh, will uh, will be difficult for new banks without the proper experience to re-enter the to enter the sector. So we have to rely on these 20 banks that uh, remain within the European uh, uh, territory and of course uh, uh, approach uh, uh, Far Eastern financial institutions, mainly in China, which offer finance at uh, more expensive terms. If we uh, move our focus a little bit on, on new regulations, uh, there are two new uh, regulations uh, major regulation. One has to do with ballast water management treatment. Uh, the regulations in the United States are already in effect. Uh, IMO regulations which will be applied to the rest of the world are going to be in effect. Uh, we also have uh, new emission standards coming in 2020. Um, obviously from an environmental point of view this is, uh, this is good news. The question is can they have the capacity to have be good also for the industry? Look, I think the, the regulations uh, will never stop coming out for shipping. Uh, as far as the ballast water treatment plant, uh, now the final de deadline has been reached. It took the industry around 14 years mm -hmm. from adoption to imposition of the new regulation. Uh, if you are a ship owner, you have now to face the music as we talk. Uh, you have to install it on the next ride dock after, after 2017. So there would be ships that uh, they are coming uh, due for spare survey next year. If the ships approach, uh, if the ships are around 20 years old, mm -hmm. it's simply not viable to adopt the ballast water treatment plan on an old ship. So this regulation will, will expedite the scrapping ratio of these vessels, irrespective if the freight market is improving or not. I believe that the company should get focused to, to install this, uh, this uh, new equipment to their ships as early as possible. As say, Balkans were planning to start uh, adopting it on our ships, regardless of age, uh, as of their next survey. So we are starting in early 2018 to apply this regulation to our ships. Regarding the, the emissions uh, standard, 
I believe is very, is very important for ship owners and shipping companies uh, to wait and see what uh, will uh, happen. Definitely the, the use of scrubbers on ships is not economically viable. Mm -hmm. Ship owners cannot face the cost themselves. The whole industry has to contribute in a certain extent. So other solutions have to be found, either financing for those equipments or forget the installation of scrubbers and concentrate on how the industry will provide the necessary fuel quality required for the ships to perform burning lower sulfur uh, MGO instead of uh, HFO. So I believe that uh, it's still early days. It's another reason I'm optimistic that the oversupply will not come back in the foreseeable future because of this new regulation. Definitely ourselves as uh, ship owners, we wouldn't like to go to the yards and order, be the last one to order the tier two uh, new buildings. So yards are not, even yards are not ready and they don't have the new regulation embedded in their new designs. They are offering right now new ships with the still with the tier two uh, uh, regulation. So in other words, while there is the hangover uh, for what the exact uh, emission regulations will be, this will maybe slow down the ordering of new ships? I think yes. A prudent owner should not go and be the last to order tier two vessels. You would have to wait the new technology to come out and the tier three emission, uh, emission uh, ships to come on offer before owners consider ordering. As the ballast water treatment plant regulation took 14 years to come to, to from, from voting to adoption, mm -hmm. I think the emissions uh, regulation will, will see many terms, terms and changes between now and uh, adoption. So the ship owners, they have to wait and see what the industry will offer before they decide how to cope with this new regulation. Very good. Uh, I want to, to turn the focus a little bit on safe parkers. Uh, looking at your fleet, you have 39 <coughs> vessels. Uh, 36 of them are in the middle size of, of the market Panamaxes, Kamsar Maxes, Post Panamaxes. And you obviously uh, specialize in that segment. And the question is why and uh, what, what value do you add in that segment? Or what value do you see in that segment? Look, uh, the Panamax to post-Panamax sector is a workhorse of the dry bulk market. It's where there's the most concentration of cargo and the more diverse uh, number of charters. We enjoy a client uh, list of uh, 100 plus different uh, charters mm -hmm. and we enjoy a cargo list of at least uh, 10 to 15 major commodities. So. Uh, we were always feeling a bit uncomfortable operating the larger vessels where it's uh, one commodity, iron ore, mm -hmm. and 70% uh, of the market is concentrated in five big players. So we stick with the workhorse of the market. It's the, mar it's the sector that adapts faster to any change of demand, supply and demand, and over the years have, we have many profitable years by operating this type of vessel. We have the expertise and we want to, to stay in that uh, sector that we have built a reputation over the years. Speaking of that sector, speaking of Panamaxes, uh, the new Panama Canal, uh, how will it change 
or how is it changing the dry bulk trades and will safe bulkers benefit from that? Yes, uh, the, the fleet of safe bulkers is uh, evenly balanced between uh, Panamax, Kamsamax and Fos Panamax. Roughly about one third each we have in Panamax, in Kamsamax and Fos Panamax. Out of, of these three sectors, I'm more optimistic of the future of the post-Panamaxes. Reason being that uh, in a good market, they are the type of ships that they can take the split from the cape size cargoes mm -hmm. when the cape size cargo is, is overperforming. Charters many times to cool down the market, they split cape size stem into two post-Panamax stems, which clearly cannot be carried on 280,000 tonnes. Kamsamaxis, so you need post Panamaxis. And the, and the opening of the new Panama Canal last year uh, has opened a new reason to be optimistic for this type of vessels. Uh, all our post Panamaxis have been made suitable to transit the new Panama Canal. And uh, we are seeing already new routes, especially on the coal trading, emerging from the US East Coast to the Far East and from Colombia to the Far East, where these ships can lift. Uh, in via the new Panama Canal, uh, 25,000 tons more cargo than, than the Panamax vessel. Than the traditional Panamax. Yes, than traditional Panamax. So we are optimistic that new trends and new ton miles will emerge. And uh, the other reason uh, makes us optimistic for this sector is that it is a sector that has stopped being built. The yards are, cannot build them economically. They need five to six million dollars more Mm -hmm. on the cost basis to build the ships that uh, they are 20% uh, 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 larger ships than, uh, than the Panamaxes. Mm -hmm. So in, this, uh, in the current environment, uh, the owners are not prepared to pay this uh, cost. So this is a, 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 a vessel size that we have uh, an order book of just 30 vessels. And this makes me optimistic in the future. Um. When, when I asked you about the outlook for the market, you mentioned the, uh, that, the, that the shipping went through a, a very bad uh, period. Uh, arguably, this, uh, this was the worst crisis ever. Uh, in any event, the good news is that uh, it is behind us because the, the bottom of the market was uh, almost two years ago, in the first quarter of 2016. Uh, the bad news is that many shipping companies did not make it to the other side. Uh, they either went out of business or they had to restructure. Uh, not with safe bulkers, uh, to your credit, uh, because you were able, not, not, of course you had to face the same headwinds, but uh, to your credit, uh, you stayed above water and you were able to generate positive operating cash flows throughout all that uh, ordeal. Uh, how did you do that? Yeah, we had to do a lot of hard work sit down and do the basic work of uh, a ship owner. We have to forget the easy, easy years where the freights were big and the profits were big and go down into every detail and uh, what makes uh, ship owning an art. Ship owning is not a business, it's an art because when you are in need to save money and to survive, you have to sit down and go into every detail of the ship and see how you can save money. Unless you are a ship owner, you cannot do it. A ship manager is not interested to go into the same detail that the ship owner would go on his own ships and check every little aspect and every little item. A lot depends on how, how much you can reduce your cost and your OPEX on 
what type of ships you have. If these ships, you build them since new and you operate them since new. If they are sister ships and many other secrets that relate to relationships you enjoy over the year with suppliers, how prompt you are on the payment of your invoices, mm -hmm. pooling agreements you may make with other owner friends to reduce your cost, your crewing arrangements you have and the, and the loyalty of your crew, uh, which uh, counts on, this, uh, on, on the difficult times. So what we have done in 2015 and 2016, we could not influence the freight market. We cannot change what the ships sell. What we could influence is how, how competitive we are on the operating of our vessels. So we, we managed to reduce our OPEX by around 30%, reducing cost of 4,700 per day to below 4,000. Uh, this gave us a cushion of uh, around 15 million a year on OPEX saving, mm -hmm. which of course we have inherited now. And it's in the operation and will stay there for the next or three years at least, uh, and uh, what what made the difference was that the experience we had as ship owners uh, in the last 30 years. And if I may add, this is an experience that your shareholders uh, benefit from it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, your father Vasos Hadjioano uh, first started in shipping in uh, in the late 50s. Uh, you have been a traditional uh, shipping uh, family, uh, and in many ways you still are. But uh, today you are publicly traded. Uh, you, you and your family still uh, control the majority of shares, but you also co-own the company with public shareholders. Yes. And uh, I was wondering if you could uh, share with us uh, what is it that you do different now that you are a public company, to safeguard uh, the rights of all your shareholders and their investment, for that matter. Look, the, the tradition is very important, and the fact that this company is, uh, is focused on a particular type of vessel. Mm -hmm. So we are in one sector. We, we, we have not diversified in other sectors, containers or tankers. And uh, in dry bulk, we have stayed concentrated in uh, one sector where we operate with uh, uh, sister ship vessels. All this gives us a, gives us a competitive, competitive advantage, both on uh, when we charter our ships that we outperform the market by $1,000 a day, and also on the OPEX and GNA expenses where we outperform by $1,500 a day. These are the savings we have that are embedded in the calculation year in, year out to the favor of the, of the public shareholders. As far as our philosophy is concerned, we don't run a public company uh, with the view that uh, we have to take advantage of something or ma capital markets. We run, a, we run our company as if it was private. So the public shareholders that they join, uh, they join on the shareholding structure take advantage of this experience because I'm not going to change the way I'm operating regardless of who are my shareholders. I will keep operating the ships as if it was owned 100% by the family. For their own uh, well-being, uh, they will be better off yes. with you doing exactly what you have been doing. The tradition we have in our business is because uh, I inherited the business from my father and I have uh, the next generation to join in 10 years' time, my sons.
uh, I, it will be a failure for me if I don't manage to pass the, the expertise and the knowledge and the good reputation to the next generation. So for me, I'm fully focused on this point. Uh, there is a next generation coming after me that they have to have at least the same good name I inherited from my father. Thank you. Uh, as a final question, I was wondering if you could make um, something like a closing statement to your shareholders. Uh, what is it in the cards for 2018 and the years uh, beyond? Uh, we are optimistic uh, for the next three years, to say the least. Uh, we think that the market reached an equilib equilibrium this year between supply and demand. All along I was expecting this to happen in, in 2018 because of very strong demand here, especially in iron ore and coal, which outperformed our, uh, our uh, most uh, optimistic expectations. Uh, the equilibrium uh, is, was reached within this year. So we all know that next year is a very, very soft delivery year, mm -hmm. uh, especially the usual uh, inflow of uh, new building deliveries that uh, we always have in the first quarter of the year for 2018 does not apply. Okay. So if demand is spilled over from uh, fourth quarter of 2017, which we enjoy now the spot, spot rates of $15,000, dollars a day in the Pacific and $22,000 a day on the front hall campus. If this demand spills in any form in the first quarter, uh, and uh, coupled with the less deliveries that we would have uh, in the beginning of the year, uh, and we have another strong first quarter like 2017, I think a lot of optimism will come back in the market. Period charters will start reappearing. Charters, instead of paying 16 to 17,000 in the spot market, they will decide to start fixing ships at 14, 15,000 for one year. Asset prices will appreciate. Uh, and uh, in uh, the case of safe bulkers, every 10% appreciation of asset prices results in 32% appreciation of NAV. So I'm very optimistic. We don't want to be sound too optimistic and mislead pe people because many things uh, can uh, change and uh, many parameters can change. But I believe that uh, the prospects for the next three years are in favor of the upside. As they say, ship owners are the eternal optimists. <laughs> but uh, I think that uh, this time there may be a good reason for it. Yes. Uh, Mr. Hadjiwanu, on behalf of Capital Link, I would like to thank you very much for uh, sitting uh, down with us today. Uh, good luck to you and good luck to Safe Partners. Thank you very much. Thank you.